Welcome to Soccer Over Gotham, an NWSL podcast covering Gotham FC, hosted by Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. Now, without any further ado, let's go Gotham. Let's get onto this show. Episode 58 of Soccer Over Gotham. Gotham falls in their last road game of the season against a really good Courage team. We will try to find positives in this chaos. We will also take a deep dive into our last matchup at home against the Thorn. Tonight's guest is yet another Gotham SC player interview. One of my favorites so far, easily. So this time we got to talk to outside back Ellie Jean on the show. She's amazing, such an interesting person, and I can't wait to share that with you. But first, my guest co-host, wait a minute. So checks notes. <laughs> no, no guest co no guest co-host. It just says Ruby all over my show notes. That can't be it. Ruby, are you out there? Well, well, the testing, <laughs> testing. One, hold on. Let me. <laughs> this is not a drill. This is not a drill. I am back. And it's so good to be back here because it's been a while, but the show must go on. Yes, it's so good to have you back in my headphones. So I missed you, friend. I'm doing really <laughs> well. I'm just so glad to have you back. <laughs> I missed you too, and I missed the show. And just thanks for holding the fort while I was gone. But yeah, before we get into the show, I have a quick message. And I have to say thank you to everyone that sent me their love and sent me messages. I really appreciate all of you. I was not able to answer everyone, but from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you for all the love that you have showed me. Again, thank you so much. I'm like kind of speechless because I just want to give everyone a big thank you, especially the ones who donated in the GoFundMe. It's been hard few weeks. It's been four weeks now, I think. And it's been it's been really hard, but just taking it one day at a time. And I just want to say thank you again to my Gotham family, women's soccer family. You guys rock. I cannot thank you enough. And I'm just happy to be here and Let's let's just do this. Let's do this, Gary. Yeah, I gave a little bit of a sneak peek since you were back. So you got to do some of the Instagram lives again. So tell us how that went. Oh, yes. Yes. A little sneak peek of what we've been working on. So, yeah, I took a little break. So I couldn't do the, the press conference for like the past four games or so. But we're back at it. So Instagram live uh, press conference last week. It. Again, it was, it's this is kind of like a pilot going on for us because this is something new that we're trying. So it's kind of like a learning curve for me and for you. But I'm so nerdy about the technology. So I love like doing it and just going back and thinking and going to the draw, drawing board and thinking, how can I make this better for the fans and strategize again how to make it better. So I love it. And we did the last press conference. I think i joined a little late but most of the conference is up there on instagram for everyone to enjoy yeah soccer for gotham on instagram ruby next week is the end of the season award show so thanks to everybody Woo! who's been voting on our polls on uh, the page and, and sharing your thoughts we, we love we love hearing your thoughts uh, so the following show will have a panel discussion on contract status and who we think will stay and go so give uh we'll give our off-season wish list that's going to come after the uh, award show all right ruby let's get to this game recap shall we all right let's do it <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, the Courage won for their last five, and they're their top-scoring team in the league. Gotham isn't far off from the league record for worst goal differential. Mm. Gotham will look to have some rotation here. Onto the roster, Ali Long, maternity leave. Domi Richardson, right knee, season ending. Ashlyn Harris still for right knee. And Bruninha makes the 18. Exciting. So mm. Gotham comes out in a 4-2-3-1, according to Menzies. A 4-3-3, according to Torres. Looked like a 4-1-4-1 at times, according to me. <laughs> so Betos is net. Backline of Dorsey, Johnson, <laughs> Freeman, and Bike, the starter. Midfield is Torres and Zerboni, the captain. And at the base, though they're both at the base, Mewis, Purse, and Pickett in front of them. Smith is the lone striker. Any thoughts on this lineup, Ruby? All season long, I've said, and lots of people have been saying this too, this team is so talented. So, so talented. So when we when I see this starting lineup again, I just think about this is such a strong lineup again. But the highlight of this starting 11 for me is that Jenna Bike gets to start her first NWSL game. That is amazing. And she really deserves it because we've heard that she really like works her butt off out there. And Coach Parkinson and also Menzies have mentioned that that she's such a hard worker. So congrats to her. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like Torres getting a start here. My initial thoughts were that I was cautious about how heavily the Courage attacks the left side. So I would have preferred a more experienced defender such as Smith or Jean. So it's interesting to have Monaghan and Anamano on the bench. That's a lot of firepower to bring on if the game is close. But yeah, so let's get on to this game. Gotham has a pretty good start here. So for the first 20 minutes, it's pretty back and forth. The game turns once Dabinia and the Courage realize the mismatch of Dabinia against Bike, a massive speed advantage. So Dabinia just gets behind Bike and rounds Betos. Then Dabinia comes off Bike's back shoulder and beats her to a cross for a second goal. Gotham is all out of sorts to the finish of the first half. Your first half thoughts, Ruby? Yeah. I really thought for a second we were going to get our first tie, the first tie of the season. Oh, God. I can't believe we didn't get a tie this this season. I really thought we were going to get a tie because, you know, the game was pretty even. But even though I love that Jenna started on this game, I think the job to mark or, or cover Davinia was a little too big for her. Davinia just knew that Bike was not giving her a fight or not killing her play. So Davinia just took advantage of it. And you can tell she just... She's just an incredible uh, player anyway. Davinia is such an incredible player. Putting Jenna against Davinia, yeah, she had a little bit of disadvantage there. But another big mistake was giving uh, Carson Pickett time and space to to shoot the balls. She's so good as well. She like just places these balls perfectly to, to their teammates. I'm not going to be too hard on the rookie here. It's a, It was clearly a mismatch and Gotham just didn't adjust to it. Last time out, Gotham put their most experience right back against Pickett and Smith uh, in Smith Mm -hmm. and held her mostly in check. This time was our least experienced player. However, kind of threw her to the wolves. But Davinia basically just set up shop there and stayed behind Bike the entire first half. And, you know, why wouldn't she? Gotham shot themselves in the foot for not giving Bike any help. Yeah, it's just so hard to go against Davinia because she's just an incredible player. And on the other side, you have Ordonez, who's also a fantastic player. And again, the cherry on the top is Pickett with amazing ball placements. And yeah, no doubt this was a tough game for Gotham. 
But I, I think it was a fantastic first half for Johnson. I mean, a couple of goal-saving tackles, and I honestly didn't hear Ordonez's name entirely in the first half. So it's good job for uh, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's our that's our slide tackle queen. You know, she's all out there in action. I just love seeing Johnson on the field, and I really hope we get to keep her next season. Absolutely. So I also thought this was a good half for Torres. Perhaps it was having long back in training, but Taryn did so well under pressure and found smart outlet passes. She also times her interventions really well. For me, I I just wish Allie Long was ready to play. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I just want her back so bad. I mean, she just had a couple of twins. No biggie. Just get her on the field. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, no, no. (laughs) Let Allie Long rest. Whenever she's ready, we'll be ready to see her play. But it will be interesting to see her play uh, with the new players and just check our theories to see if, you know, just just to know how does she impact the game and, and the team at the same time. Now, Torres keeps getting better and better. And it's also exciting just to see her improvements on the field. And we're just watching her pretty much get better right right in front of our eyes game after game. Absolutely agree with that. Changes that were made at halftime. Jean was in for bike. Kawasumi in for picket and Krieger in for Zaboni. So Jean makes an impact right away and Dabinia starts to float to the other side. So Krieger acts more like an anchor instead of Zaboni pushing forward and looking for hunting for goals. Gotham goes to a 4-4-2 diamond shape. The courage dominating possession here. So Anamano and Monahan come in. Immediate impact for Ify. You start to see the, the partnership of with Purse, but it lasts only 12 minutes. Dabinia catches Gotham pushing forward and chips Betos. That's all she wrote. Any second half thoughts, Ruby? Tough. That was tough on, on Betos. But let's keep in mind that also Gotham has played three games in seven days. So that's definitely not easy. Not easy because it's a lot of physical work out there and mentally as well. So some of these players need some rest. They need to rest because they've been playing all these games. So I guess they were just trying to like just get them some minutes, but also give them some rest time. And uh, the partnership with with Anumanu and Purse, I just love it. I love the Purse and Anumanu partnership. I love it so much. They're really good together, you know. And I'm going to go a little bit off topic. And we talked this about it on on the interview, but... I have to vent again. I have I have to vent because I haven't been on the show for four shows, so I didn't get the chance to vent against Angel City. What the hell happened in that game, guys? Like, how does how how does a goal turn into a corner kick? It's still I still can't process that. I still cannot process how did that happen. Why is it considered an a corner kick, it didn't go out. And if and if it went out, how did it end up inside the net? I don't know, Gary. You you have to explain this to me because I can't. And I'm, okay, I'm just going to stop there. <laughs> but anyway, I love Ify and Mitch together because that goal against Angel City was magic. And they give us magic. They have to give them more time together. Yeah, I I coined that the magic soccer ball theory because I couldn't figure it out myself. Yeah, I have no, I have no idea. And as we're, as we're getting to in, in the interview, she, we mentioned VAR. VAR would have solved that problem. So there's other things that VAR are problematic with, but in that instance, easy VAR check and it's an easy goal. But it's yeah. frustrating. 
But so let's get some takeaways uh, from this match. So going back to what you mentioned with Midge and Iffy, like so much has been made of their partnership. They work so well off each other, but it seems like we can't get them on the field at the same time. It's weird. We got 12 minutes of that mm-hmm. this game. 12 minutes. I guess 12 minutes is better than nothing. But hopefully the next game we can see them play more time. Yeah, great. This reminds me of the early days of the Sky Blue fandom where Sheridan was playing really, really well, but she was just getting hung out to dry mm-hmm. by her defense. And I just don't think I don't think there was a poor performance all season from any of our keepers. I think they all played actually pretty well considering the circumstances. The Courage had 14 shots on target. Beto's made 11 saves. 11. Good enough for me. Cannot forget that Beto's also got kneed in, on the head by the Vina when yeah. I, and her face looks swollen and she kept playing. She's just a true warrior. Absolutely. So Ruby, let's talk about a post-game quote that I picked out. So there was a great question from Jenna to coach you on Jenna bike. So she came on, she came off at halftime and apologized to him. He said, for what? This is your first start. Things are not going to go your way at times. You need to look in the mirror and you need to learn, get back with the coaching staff and then learn. He says, Jenna is tough and a confident kid praises her for being a registered nurse, says the team needs to invest in her, that she's going to be just A-OK. Ruby, your thoughts? I, I was talking about Jenna Bike earlier in the show, how she's worked so hard and she's such a hard worker. And yeah, things are not going to go away like your way on the first, you know, on the first time. It's like starting a new job. You're not going to know everything the first week or the, f- the first few weeks. It takes time for you like to craft the skill and be really good at it. So those were good words from Menzies to to bike because as a player, like when you know you didn't perform well, like those words actually, you appreciate those words. You do. And it speaks to Hugh as well, his his view on bringing up young players. And sometimes you got thrown to the fire, but you know, it's a learning experience. And that was quite a matchup that she was put into. Mm-hmm. And I think she did all right. You know, obviously, Dabinia had her way with uh, Jenna early on in the game, but you know, you get, this is a good way for her to learn. She's going to be, again, she's going to be okay. But Ruby, do you have any stats of the week? Well, yeah, I do, but this is not really a Gotham stat, but I, I do have to mention that the Vina's rating on Fought Mob was 9.8, 9.8. That's truly amazing. Almost a perfect 10 with that hat trick against Gotham. That was amazing. But I also want to mention the top five players right now in the 2022 Golden Boot race. So first we have Alex Morgan with 15 goals right now. And then we have Davinia, which she made three goals at the Gotham game. It puts her with 12 now. Then Sophia Smith with 12, Diana Ordonez with 11, and then we have you with 10. So a lot of these teams are scoring a lot of goals in games. So we'll see what happens and who takes that golden boot. What about your stat of the week? So my stat, Gotham is at its core, a possession heavy team. North Carolina was dominant in pretty much every facet of this match. 60% possession for the courage, pass off to the courage. They were impressive. Let's just get to our player of the week over on Twitter, over Gotham Pod. Fans chose Mewis, 45%, slightly over Johnson as a player of the match. Do you agree, Ruby? They both played incredible in this game. They played really well, but I'm going to go with Johnson. She was able to mitigate some of the attacks from the courage, so she was able to put out the fire around there. 
she was hustling. I love that she doesn't give up. Like, doesn't matter what, she just keeps fighting and just doing amazing, doing amazing blocks. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I got Johnson in this one too. She marked Ordonius out of the match and had had a couple game saving tackles and blocks. So I just say, well done, Estelle. Way to go. All right, let's yeah. just go over to let's talk about the standings. So Gotham now has claim to the top draft pick in the 2023 draft. I guess that's all we need to say about the standings. <laughs> so I guess next I one, guess that's yeah, good news. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, so we'll, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about draft picks and another episode uh, coming up, which is gonna be good. So next opponent, last game of the season. This went by so fast. So it's been a very short, long season. Gotham returns to Red Bull Arena one last time, Saturday, 6 p.m. It's been an absolute buzzsaw these past couple of weeks. Back-to-back, the top-scoring teams in the league playing for absolutely everything. Portland is playing for a shot at the Shield. On paper, this doesn't look good for Gotham. Portland is coming to win and win big. And Gotham has basically nothing to play for. So, Ruby, what is your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess Gotham doesn't have anything to play for, but, but ending the season with a win, it's important. I think it's really important to come out there and just get that win. At this point, it doesn't matter how many games they've lost because, again, they're not really playing for anything now. But they have to like kind of end the season in a high note. I think this will motivate them for next season to come back and keep fighting and just get back to the top again. I don't know, for a lot of us, the fans, and I guess even them, this season was really unexpected, to say the least. But again, I I can see this team going to the playoffs next year and hopefully, you know, just, I guess, just take it one day at a time and let's let's make our, our way back to the top. I don't know. Let's just go Gotham. Come on. I know they can do it. Yeah, I just want to go to RBA one last time and have just a good time. Go get some empanadas and breezes. Go hang out with the cool kids at Cloud9. <laughs> Cheer these Warriors on for 90 plus minutes. It's been a long, long season. I'm ready, yeah. for this, ready for this game, though. So what are we manifesting this week, Ruby? I think the same thing we've been manifesting for 17 games. We are manifesting a win. Let's go. I mean, we have to get a win. Let's go get a win. Last game of the season at home, RBA. That's what I'm manifesting. Maybe a Bernina sighting. That's what I'm manifesting this week. Maybe. We'll see. But any random thoughts before we go, Ruby? I do have a random thought because why not, right? So anyway, Mm -hmm. one of of, um, the last episodes, I mentioned that I was going to take my my grandma to, to this Mexican place to eat tacos. And I never mentioned it that I didn't end up taking her to tacos that day because, well, actually, I went to pick her up. And then we went to the place, the taco place, and it was closed. I think they were remodeling or something. They had a sign on the door and it were closed. And I was like, crap, I don't know. Like plan B, think, think, plan B. So I was like, okay, there's this place in Newark. So if you guys are near um, uh, Red Bull Arena or if you guys just want to try this great place, it's a Spanish place. Uh, they sell, uh, they do tapas. So love that place i was like you know what we're gonna go here it's called casa de paco it's an amazing place so i took her there and i the place was popping let me tell you they had nice live music they have flamenco dancers and everything it was just amazing so 
I just and she loved it. So that was a good thing. I just wanted to mention that that day that we were supposed to go to tacos, we didn't get tacos. We went to get tapas. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it went much better. <laughs> yeah, it actually did much, much, much better. Do you have any any random thoughts? I do. My random thought is in 1973, Jägermeister became the first football jersey sponsor. They what? paid a 100,000 Deutschmark. The BBC frowned upon this and refused to air the matches with the Jersey sponsors until 1990, when broadcasters started getting the cut of the revenue. Then they started allowing more short sponsors on TV. Wow, right. that's I love it. I love like knowing these little things. <laughs> random, random. You know, random. I I hate I hate Jaeger. I hate Jaeger. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like it. I think it reminds me when I used to like go out a lot and drink. So I think that's why I don't like it. (laughs) But Ruby, I'm glad that you're back. Thank you for coming back. It's been been a joy having you back on the show. And not only that, you're an amazing interviewer and you had a a fantastic interview with Ellie Jean. One of my favorites that we've ever done. She was amazing and I just can't wait to get to it. So let's just get to it, shall we? Yes, it's such an amazing interview. You guys got to listen to it. Stay tuned. Let's do it. Let's go. All right, fans, welcome to a special Hispanic Heritage Month interview. Tonight's guest is from Coltree, Connecticut, a standout at Penn State University and and competed for the U.S. U-17, U-20, and U-23. First time guest on the show, this Warrior Wars 21 for Gotham FC. Welcome to the podcast, Ellie Jean. Woo! Hi. I'm so excited. What's up? <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you for coming. We've been looking to talk to you for a while now. And your your journey is really unique. And I can't wait to share this story with the fans so they get to know you better and and everything that you, that it's going on with with the team so we're going to get to know you a little more. Yeah. So to start off, I wanted to talk a little bit about you and your parents. How how did your parents meet and and if you grew up in an athletic family? Okay, yeah. So my dad is Dominican and my mom is white. So my dad actually played professional baseball. Uh, okay. Yeah, for several different teams, but he did play for the Yankees a little bit. So full circle kind of ending up here, which I think is really cool. Um, But they met when he was in Tennessee for some reason. Um, And my ma was working there. Um, And they ended up meeting, I think, through mutual friends. And then I was a bit of a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, just ended up working out. They were married briefly. Uh, They're no longer together, but I have a good relationship with both of them, which is great. But I mainly grew up with my mom. She was a single mom for a really long period of time, but she ended up remarrying to a wonderful guy. He's the best. Uh, So it all works out. Yeah, it all works out. And I did actually, I did read that your, your dad played for the Yankees for a little bit. And I don't know if you know this story of your dad has said anything to you about this, but uh, in one of his Yankee games, he was supposed to start that game. 
he showed up on to- like 30 minutes before the game because he ran. Yeah. He ran to, to, to the really stadium. Yeah, he, uh, we've talked about this story multiple times, um, but so many people bring it up to me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I always, we haven't always had a great relationship, but within the years of me getting more mature and growing up, I really wanted to establish a relationship with him. So we talk probably a couple times a week, but I am always trying to get his perspective, especially from being a professional athlete and, you know, how he was able to get finally to the major leagues. Um, So I'm always kind of asking him for advice. Yeah, but he told me that story. And obviously, he's kind of coming from the Dominican and (laughs) he doesn't really speak a ton of English and he doesn't really know how like a big city works and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, he was supposed to start and one of his teammates was supposed to kind of be watching over him. I can't remember who it was, but... um, they were supposed to come together to the game for some reason, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my dad is trying to catch a cab, but he doesn't understand traffic. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, it's kind of inching closer and closer to, you know, game time. And he's like, I don't know what else to do besides to get out of this car and start running. Like, I, I'm going to make the game. So he literally just hops out the car and then runs to the stadium and then pitches. So I don't know. I think that's just the craziest story, but (laughs) totally encompasses kind of my dad a little bit, like the survival mode and kind of getting out from the Dominican to the U.S. And he's always kind of found a way to push through and move, you know, move through life. So uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting story, but I've had to pull that story out of him. Like he didn't just tell (laughs) me that story. So I've heard it from people, like from just other individuals, and I'm like, yeah. "Why haven't you told me this story?" Like, <laughs> amazing. So yeah. So then I even like done my own research and like googled it and found it like in the newspaper and stuff from when like it originally happened. So that's really cool. But did he teach you Spanish or no? I wish. I wish I myself. <laughs> teach myself Spanish for the past 15 years. I I mean, I took Spanish in high school and college, you know, because it's required, of course, but it just doesn't stick. But he was in my life until I was about six. So those are like the best years. And I'm still angry with him. And he knows that. (laughs) He needs to take you to the Dominican Republic for like a month or two, and you're going to start learning Spanish. Yeah, I know. We've talked about it because I actually have a half brother as well. Uh, and he lives in LA. So I I actually, when we were going out there and playing, he came to all the games, which was awesome. And we're trying to kind of get a little family reunion trip down to the Dominican at some point, because I haven't been there since. I I mean, I don't even remember it. That's how young I was. So (laughs) it would be really nice to go back and kind of see those roots and see, because I know that I have so much family down there. So yeah, that would be so awesome. Especially the beaches over there are amazing. I mean, everything looks so gorgeous. Yeah. So it would be great. We'll see. I haven't been, but I want to. One of these days. One of these. <laughs> I'm just going to send you a picture. I'm like, I'm down here. I Where know. are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's let's change this. Well, still going through your story, but let's change it a little bit. So tell us, how did you end up falling in love, I mean, with, with soccer? Because your dad played baseball and then soccer, totally different. So tell us a little bit how, how you fell in love with soccer. Yeah, so my mom works at UConn. So I grew up in Connecticut. Obviously, Coventry, it's about 20 minutes away from the University of Connecticut. Um, so I kind of grew up at that university. Um, and she 
worked a lot with the athletes there and happened to be working with men's soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, so she loves to support, you know, all the students that she's working with X, Y, Z. So she ends up taking me to like all of the games, all the different sporting events that, that are going on on campus. And yeah, I don't know. I just kind of ended up falling in love with, you know, the game, but then also the atmosphere around it, how you feel Mm -hmm. watching it. Like, I just remember being there and watching so many games and, and cheering the team on and being like, wow, like this is so fun. Like it's so much more than a game at that point. Um, and then, yeah, so my mom worked with the athletes and then my stepdad was actually one of the coaches on the men's mm-hmm. team. So that's how they met. And then, yeah, it just kind of became like part of our, part of our life. Um, and then I was, I did gymnastics a little bit when I was younger and mm-hmm. then found out that I could run really well. Uh, but then that was a little bit too boring for me. So then, yeah, then I took <laughs> soccer, um, and yeah, kind of took off from there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Soccer has a lot of action, so yeah, <laughs> good sport. <laughs> yeah, and how old were you when you when you started playing soccer? Um, I think I was about seven years old. Okay, and at what age did you move to Connecticut? Um, we moved to Connecticut when I was like a newborn. Oh, okay. So you yeah, played I always lived in Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure if you were born in Tennessee since you I mentioned you. I was born in Tennessee. Yep. Chattanooga. Chattanooga. But then we moved to to Connecticut briefly after that because most of my mom's side of the family is in Massachusetts. So I think it was easier for her um, so that we could have help uh, if they needed it because both my parents were working at the time, of course. So just to be closer to family, I think. And tell us, tell us how it was to grow up in Connecticut, being a mixed uh, kid over there. Oh my God, it was so confusing. Yeah, I mean, I can't really complain about my childhood. I mean, mm-hmm. I had everything I wanted. You know, my mom was great, even though it was just us for a little bit. She is like my number one role model. She worked her she worked her butt off really to just support me and support anything that I wanted to do. And yeah, she was, she's awesome. But growing up in Connecticut was super interesting and specifically growing up with a single white mom. Mm -hmm. Um, because I guess like after my dad had left, I was just so young. So like, I didn't really know that part of my identity yet. Um, so I kind of just considered myself like white even though mm-hmm. I know I didn't look it, like that's how I felt. And all my family around me and all my friends that I had were white. So I was just like, I don't want to say ignoring the fact that mm-hmm. I was black and Hispanic, but like ignoring that aspect of my life just because like I didn't really know anything about it. Um, so, but definitely like as I got older and I always knew that I was different, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, like, my friends never like at a young age when you're, you know, just hanging out in the woods and stuff like nobody's bringing that up, you know. But of course, when you get older, those types of things start to come out of the woodwork. And yeah, it was definitely interesting. I mean, I probably went to school with about five other black kids in my entire high school. I mean, I was from a really small town, probably like 500 in our entire school. So there wasn't really much like to relate to anyway. But yeah, like once I hit high school, I was like, okay, like I'm different. Uh, and I didn't really know how to navigate that. Um, I had just 
a ton of friends who would use the N word. And like, if that was a cool thing to do, you mm-hmm. know, then I was like, Oh, like this is normal, I guess. And like, I shouldn't be offended by it or mm-hmm. I don't know, but I still was offended by it. But I was like, well, sh- should I like, this seems like the normal thing. And then now coming to realize, realize I should have been outraged by it completely. But yeah, like in the moment, like you don't know. And then I did have a lot of built up anger at some point, I think towards mm-hmm my white side of the family at least because I feel like well my mom was a single mom and like the last thing she's worried about is like trying to teach me like cultural things like she's trying to put food on the table and like make sure yeah. that I'm a happy kid like the last thing she's trying to do is like teach me about the Dominican right but like once I hit college a little bit I was like I'm pretty resentful that I didn't really learn about a lot of like my black um, culture, how to do my hair. Like I didn't really know how to take care of my hair properly. I, (laughs) my mom actually did work with a lot of black athletes at UConn. And I remember when I was young, I would always be around the office X, Y, Z. And, um, one of the athletes who was a lot of the guys were like um, role models to me. Like they would babysit me. Da, 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 da. They were like my older brothers, basically. Yeah. And I remember one of them looking at me and then looking at my mom and being like, Becky, she has to put lotion on. Like she's so ashy. And my mom was like, what? And then he's like, you have to get her lotion. Like her skin is going to crack. And then like from that day forward, like I put on lotion every day. But like it's just something that she didn't know. So I didn't know. Yeah. And like, so just little things like that, where I kind of had to learn like through other people or like through doing my own research. I don't know how many like hair care products that I've had to try <sighs> um, just to figure out like what works best for me and like how I can best embrace like my, like who I am. But yeah, it was certainly difficult in terms of like my race once I got older and you could like start to see how people were acting differently towards you and stuff like that. But like, I honestly can't complain. I had great friends. I, you know, had everything I wanted. So from that aspect, like, yeah, but I think I'm still like on this journey of trying to figure out and like how to figure out um, and how to best embrace like my black culture, my Hispanic culture. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Especially because you didn't have your dad, you know, to be there yeah, not to teach you these things, but you know, like you see someone that kind of looks like you. Yeah, be or there. He, like I remember, he used to make a really good like chicken and rice dish. But then, <laughs> yeah, he had the chicken and rice dish. So even it's like food. Like yeah, I, I didn't have like any of that type of food experience, or yeah, like just hearing stories or like just talking to that side of my family. Like that really wasn't a thing. Everyone only speaks Spanish. So how am I to communicate with them? So. Yeah, for a long time, I really, I don't want to say ignored, but yeah, like I Mm -hmm. just hadn't embraced or really thought about that side of me until I got a bit older and was like, okay, like there are two halves of this coin. So like, let's, let's see. And it's been a really fun journey, but yeah, like it's, it's also been difficult because I wish I had, I, I knew from the start everything that I know now, but. Yeah, definitely. And now that you're in Gotham. Most of your teammates are black. How do you feel about how how is that different, you know, from when you grew up and now at Gotham, we have a lot of diversity. 
It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, any team that I've been on, I've been like one of the only few um, black or any sort of different race uh, individuals. So it's been so nice having like, yeah, most of the team is black or different ethnically. So that's been awesome. Um, But it's so funny because I will go to them for like so many questions like for the first, and I know that like I'm growing because a lot of them get braids mm-hmm. and I've never done braids. Like I was like, how do you even do those? Like that's just never been a thought for me. And then some of the girls were like, you would look so good with braids. Like you should try it. You can always take them out. Like da 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 da. And I'm like, oh, like I don't know. And then I'm like, I don't even feel like black enough. Like, yeah. I, you know, like I feel you have to have like a certain type of swag to like wear them. And do I have that type of swag? And, but yeah, they convinced me to get them, and I loved them. I actually <laughs> just made an appointment for next week to get um, new braids, so I'm really excited about that. But like something I would never have considered or done before, yeah. Um, now I'm kind of considering and doing because I'm at this club with so much diversity, and I love it. And yeah, like now I can say I have black friends, which is really yeah. weird because I'm black. Like I should already have black friends, but like, yeah, in my situation, it's not. Like mainly, my friends are white just because of where yeah. I've grown up and you know, the type of environments that I've been in. So yeah, that's yeah. great. And those are things that the things that are you're saying, those are things that you can only like share with someone that looks like you. Like right? you, you feel identified, you know, like they know what you're talking about and you know what they're talking about yeah. instead of <laughs> like unspoken stuff. Mm. I don't know, you know, so it's been really great. And I just mm. feel like that much more comfortable and that much more able to embrace myself where yeah in the past I guess I've just always tried not to embrace that or yeah it just hasn't been and who in the team has been it's like your bestie the girl that gives you all this advice regarding all of this gosh oh my god I have like a lot so I hang out with a ton like I hang out with Taylor, Efi, Mandy like we hang out a bunch together when I got my braids, like Midge and Efi were like, you have to get these braids. Like, they would look so good on you. And I was like, okay, fine. And then, I mean, we have like group chat with all of us, like all our, all the black girls in it. So I sent them like a photo of me with my braids and everyone was like so encouraging and just so many compliments. And it made me feel, yeah, amazing. And like I was embracing a part of myself. It was almost like, I don't want to say like reborn, but like, I don't yeah. know. Like, oh my God, look, like. I had no idea I could do this and like, I don't know, feel like this and embrace this kind of part of me. So yeah, it's been great. I've, I also, I don't know how many times I messaged Estelle <laughs> on how to take care of braids because she always, yeah. and I'm like, Estelle, what do I do? How do I do? My scalp is itchy and I don't really <laughs> So yeah, those were really great in that aspect. So yeah. Estelle's your, 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 you have it on like speed uh-huh. dial by now, speed dial. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's everybody has been awesome, which yeah, I've been really surprised about like just being new at the club this year. Yeah. Such a great environment to come into, like just so welcoming and and really just helping me, you know, find how best I can be helpful to the team and just so encouraging. So that's just been so helpful. Yeah, and that's what was going to be my next subject about, like, how you were transitioning to the new yeah. league. Has it been tough for you? Like, I know you went to college 
then you decided to go uh, from college, you decided to go to play in Europe. Yeah. And now you're back in the U.S. Yeah. playing here. So how, how was that transition for you? Yeah. So I, I decided to go overseas because I don't know. I was like, when else am I ever going to get to play overseas? Kind of like, yeah. I'm not tied down for any reason. I would love to live in a different country and explore a different type of culture, even mm-hmm. in six months. I don't know. Like, I just feel like who can say that they got to do that. So that was really one of the reasons why I wanted to go overseas. Um, but I actually like didn't really get the style overseas. Like I mm-hmm. couldn't really fit in with their style exactly. But um, I made so many great friends and I just had a really awesome experience there. I got to travel a ton. Um, mm-hmm. I learned a bunch soccer wise and obviously like life wise because I was living there on my own and living there during COVID. So that's like a whole nother layer. But um, yeah, I, I didn't love the soccer part. Um, yeah. and I was like, okay, time to come home. I think I yeah. miss my family and yeah. And then I was like, well, I want to, I want to try to play in the States again. So then Gotham was available and I was like, yes, please. Because it's the closest I can be to home. I love New York city. I've been coming into the city <laughs> since I was in high school and could t- take yeah. it in. Like I've loved it. So I was like, wow, to get to represent you know, New York and New Jersey. And of course, with my dad having played for the Yankees, I was like, this is like a dream come true kind of. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, I'm just so used to the style of play here. So like, it wasn't really that much to adjust to. I'm athletic. So like, that's Mm -hmm. what I have going. But no, it's been great. I mean, I was so surprised how welcoming everybody really was. And it's a great environment in that aspect of everybody is just trying to get better and help each other get better every day. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be back in the league and I know that I can be a really great player in this league. Um, So yeah, just trying to take some strides and learn as much as I can. uh, And Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And we're, we have one more game until the end of the season. How do you guys would like to close out this last game and the season? Uh, can we get a win, please? Um, <laughs> can we get a win, please? Exactly. Can we? Can please, we? we're manifesting over here. I know. Well, okay. Honestly, I heard that Red Bull Arena is cursed. I don't know. One of the fans said that to me as I was walking around the field after No, they didn't. They told you that? <laughs> they were like, it's cursed. Like, it's a new venue. And I was like, I don't know. It seems like a pretty nice stadium to me. So Right? Um, it looks pretty nice to me, too. I don't know. Tell me how it felt to play for the first time at Red Bull for you. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And the fans are so great. Um but yeah, I mean, I wish we could fill all the stands. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that we're really trying to do um, in the upcoming stages. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just getting to play in the NWSL in general is amazing. And then you've seen the strides that um, it's taken to become more of a professional league. And mm-hmm. um, I really do feel like a professional, which is great. Um but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's amazing. the The field is great. the The atmosphere is great. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think we have one of the best venues to play at, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, that's been lovely. Yeah, and going back to the or the last game of the season, if if we go out with a win, 
do you think that's going to change not the mindset because we all know you guys have a, like a great mindset and positive mindset out there but do you think if we get a win that would change kind of like the spirits throughout the team and come back next season motivated yeah i think i feel like we've been just like so close and then we get like unlucky in some way and it's just like we're just yeah i know um so i think it would certainly help but regardless if we got the win or not i know that everyone at the club and all the players are you know so committed to just get back mm -hmm. to work again and and to really learn from this season and to learn what we can do better for next season because Yeah, there's a lot to learn from. Um, but yeah, it would certainly help if we could get a win and, you know, feel good at least for our last game. And yeah, um, yeah, but Portland will be a great team to play against. It would be really nice to beat them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, and uh, yeah. And I just want to say, like, you said, like, oh, you know, how this season has like little things that have changed the game, like, you guys are doing good. I want to go back to that game where the ref, Mm. decided that a goal was not a goal and it was a corner what the heck i know yeah oh gosh <laughs> yeah um that was really unfortunate uh, <laughs> and tell me how tell me tell me like honestly how you felt about yeah, that i mean we were just all like confused like question marks were over everybody's face like faces and heads after that call i mean you should have seen our group chat after <laughs> the game and then like you could actually see how it goes into the back of the net um yeah so yeah i mean i think that just goes back to the league and making sure that we have um like the best possible of everything whether that's i don't know do we need var like get var mm -hmm. <laughs> That should like, but that <laughs> changes, that changes the entire outcome of a potential match. Like getting yes. a goal, I I can't remember. It must have been ten minutes, uh, into the match. Like mm -hmm. getting a goal that early on can change the entire game. And like, yeah. So then not if, having that was just like, dang. So yeah. there are just so many things that can dictate how a game goes and it, it it would just be great if we could get absolutely every tool necessary to ensure that the right calls are being made um the best refs are being used and I don't want to you know say anything about that but just in general like I think if we're trying to be one of the best leagues in the world then mm -hmm. we just need those tools because that's so unacceptable um But yeah, you should have seen all of us the days after that. It was, oh gosh. But yeah, yeah I mean, we, not everything goes your way. And yeah, I was going nuts in my house. I was like, yeah. what? what's going on? Because yeah, it definitely changed the whole game and like the mood throughout everyone. Yeah. And I was I so mad because it was Angel City. I was like, really? I know. Uh, I think shortly after that, they scored their first goal. So it was like... Yeah. Thing. instead of it being 1-1 now it's now we're down a goal like that changes everything so yeah I'm hoping that the NWSL can take you know notes after this yeah. year and really come back here yeah. looking to help in all of those areas but I have good news for you because actually next year yeah. they, they're okay. actually going to have VAR so yeah. god yay <laughs> which no I don't even know if that helps because, I mean, you're seeing in the Premier League, like all yeah. guys don't even like it anymore because it's like, 
it's almost too much. It's almost yeah. too precise. We're like, of course, that in like the instance for us, that needs to be like a VAR decision. But I know like in the Premier League, a lot of them are like, this needs to go. So I don't know. Right now I'm saying that we should have it. But next season rolls around, I'm <laughs> like, get rid of it. <laughs> we're we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it, see how, how you like VAR. <laughs> exactly. exactly. A year from yeah. I just feel like sometimes it depends, I guess, whoever's watching like at the VR, like doing these calls. It just depends if they're in a good mood or not, or if they're like right? nitpicking. I mean, I but guess. even the like offsides that are getting called in the Premier League when yeah. it's like, a millimeter of like some guy's shoulder and it's like, I oh. know, like my hair. Like, yeah. just <laughs> okay, I don't know about that, but yeah, I don't know. In some, I think there's like you're either pro VAR or against it. And, like, what can you do? They're just trying to make the game, you know, more honest. But Yeah. But at this point, I think the NWSL does need it because some of these calls are, like, outrageous. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. 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 We, we could <laughs> but, use it. You're right. Yeah. But anyway, so now that, again, the season's almost done, what what are your, your goals for next next season? Yeah. I mean, I think as a team, we're really just trying to, like, regroup and mm -hmm. take, you know, some downtime because it's been a pretty exhausting season. I mean, for mm -hmm. me at least, um, just with all the change that we've had and there's just a lot going on within our club. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, just taking some downtime to really kind of be a normal human being for a second it yeah. would be really nice um, and is going to be really nice. Uh, yeah, but kind yeah. of disconnect a little. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, just after all the losses, it's just like a bigger weight on our shoulders, like after every loss. So I think mm -hmm. kind of really ridding that, ridding of that, and then really trying to get hyped up and ready for next season to come out, you know, guns blazing. Cause yeah, we, we know that we can be successful in this league and we know that we can be a top, you know, one of the top teams to make the playoffs. So, um, we just have to keep believing in that, I think, is key and um, really just putting our heads down and doing the work. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're excited. Um, but me personally, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I I loved this season, this past season. Um, yeah. Like I think uh, I think I got a lot of minutes, which I was really happy about for my first season. Um, and I've just been learning so much from like Allie and Ashlyn and Estelle and McCall, like just some of those older veterans. Like I'm just trying to like absorb as much information as I can off of them. And mm -hmm. I think, um, going into next season, I just want to be that much more impactful for the team and helpful for the team in any way that I can be. Um, uh, yeah. And just really trying to absorb all that I can from, even my fellow, like even Paige, like me and Paige yeah. on each other a little bit from national team. So even her advice to me, like, it's just so helpful. Cause yeah, even though I don't feel like a rookie, it's still my mm -hmm. first year. So I still know that I have, I have stuff to learn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been great. And then, yeah, I hope I can continue to be an asset to, to the team and see where that takes me. Do you see yourself back in the U.S. national team in, in, in your future? I better. 
I better. We'll see. Um, yeah. No, don't say we'll see. You're going to do it. Yeah. Just go out there and just, I, like you said, work your butt off. And I know you're going to do it. Exactly. And I've, I'm actually a really big, um, I'm really big on mental health. And mm-hmm. I've yeah. had a mental health journey, um, but we don't have to get into that. But I think one of the biggest things is like being where you are now. Mm-hmm. And for so long, I've just been like national team, national team, na- national team. But it's like, who knows if that will really mm-hmm. happen or not. But like to put all my eggs in that basket, it's like I'm not here yeah. now. I'm in the future. I'm thinking about yes. and then I'm never satisfied. Um so I've been meeting with a really great sports psych guy. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, you have to be happy with where you are right now and work for you and not for the national team or not for accolades that you want or I don't know, external, whatever, like mm-hmm. you're in this game because you love it and because it brings you joy and exactly. you know, because you want to see how good you can get. But everything else that you may get because of that, is just a bonus but like you have mm-hmm. to remember that why you're playing and it can't be to make the national team that can be a goal I, but yeah. I can't solely be trying to make the national team so that's that's something I've been really trying to switch in my brain um which is yeah. hard because when you've been like implanted with an idea since you were what 13 years old and yes then that's just enforced over and over and over again like it it takes a long time to you know, break down that type of thinking. Um, but yeah, I work every day um, to try and help myself be happy with what I'm doing right now. And if something comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it wasn't meant for me. Um, yeah. And yeah, but I think like every athlete can benefit from like any type of therapy, sports psych, I think that's just immensely important and it'll help you perform at your best as well. Yeah, we're really big here on mental health at Soccer Over Gotham. We talk about it a lot here on the show. Mm -hmm. It's really important. Like you said, you have to do it for your happiness, not because Mm -hmm. someone else is telling you to do it or or even if it's your parents' dream, it's if it's not your dream, you can't like be miserable trying to accomplish someone else's dream, you know? Exactly. so. And like you said too, like you, you have to leave, you have to live in the in the present and be happy with what you have and who you are. And if if it's gonna be for you, definitely it's gonna be for you. No, no matter what, right? No matter what, yeah. And then if if this is it for me, just playing in the, at NWSL, which is also amazing, um, I can be happy with that. And that like doesn't define how successful my career was or how unsuccessful I think it was. Um, So I think, I don't know, that's so important. But it really is all about perspective and like Mm -hmm. just doing the mental work to, yeah, yeah, like really be happy and and mentally strong and and to really like survive as an athlete Mm -hmm. and a professional athlete because it can be so difficult just with, I don't know, you have to compete every day and you're – The pressure. Your body through – all of this and yeah, then the pressure and then you can go on Twitter and see what everyone's saying. And like, there's so many things, but like if you can go back to a home base a little bit, remember, um, I think that's so helpful, but which is something I've had to learn. Like I haven't Mm -hmm. always been this wise. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, no, but yeah, it's certainly something that I'm really embarking on now uh, as a third year professional. So yeah, and it's never too late to start working on yourself, you never. know, never. And honestly, I don't think you ever stop. Yeah, that is true. You, you yeah. never really stop every day. You, you learn something. I feel like not even you know yourself 100% because you discover something new about yourself, you know, each yeah, time. Every day, yeah, every time something new happens, mm-hmm. every time you hit adversity, every time you want something that you didn't get, or every time, I don't know, then maybe maybe in two years I won't even want to play anymore. Like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what's in store. Yeah. Got to live in the moment. Exactly. 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 That's true. And I just want to respect your time because we've been here talking a lot. And I yes. honestly, I could keep talking for hours, but yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to respect your time. Okay. And we're going to end up this interview with some rapid fire questions. So here's the fun part. Okay. Hey, bring it on. All right. So technically, I'm just going to ask you like a question. You're just going to say whatever comes up to mind whatever like the first thing that comes up to mind and we're just gonna talk about it so I'm prepared. Uh, we're gonna start okay ready yep oh let's go so last live music show you saw uh beyonce all right yeah i saw her a few years ago when her lemonade album came out and i'm obsessed with her i think she's like so much more than an artist and she's amazing uh so i went to that concert but then like yeah i guess i haven't went to any others but then covid happened so i still i need to get yeah like i haven't been in so long but because of covid i think that like put everybody's like life on hold a little bit yeah i was about to say i was like yeah beyonce and i was like wait Beyonce hasn't done a concert in a while. <laughs> I know. She's going back. She just came out with that new album, and she'll be coming next year. So you Yeah, better- she got good songs there. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going. <laughs> All right. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone was going like crazy to go to the Bad Bunny concert. I couldn't go. Yeah, it's too expensive. Tickets heard- were so expensive. I heard that he's like the biggest global star right now. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to listen to his music. It's good. But I was like, all right, I'm not going to I'm not about to pay like $800 to go see him. And then <laughs> I just listen to him on on Apple Music or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's big. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Too. All right, next question. Uh, you wouldn't be here without this person. Uh, my mom. 100%. She's been like my biggest supporter. I'm always messaging her. I mean, I'll message her and be like, mom, how do I turn on the stove? Not like that. But like, you know, I'm always <laughs> I'm yeah. always messaging her about something that I need help with. Um, but yeah, she's my number one fan. She's always been there for me. Always like after every game, she's like, you played great. And like, she doesn't really even understand what she's doing. <laughs> does but like i'm like okay mom like i gave the ball away a million times so but you did great (laughs) i did great in her eyes i always do well so but yeah she's my biggest supporter and i i wouldn't be i wouldn't even be me without her so yeah all righty so next question i don't know who asked this question it says maybe i think maybe maybe jenna tonelli like asked this question I think so because it's related to Halloween candy. So, Ooh. candy corn, yes or no? 
Um, no. <laughs> I love I love Halloween, so that's like my favorite holiday. And I, I yeah, don't up anymore. But I don't know what it is about Halloween. I think. Well, when I was young, my mom used to throw Halloween parties, so I yeah. have such good memories about Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely not candy corn. I'm more of like a um, like a Snickers. Yes, yeah. definitely. I love. I was, I was about to say that I will leave like the candy corn till the end, only yeah. if I'm like, all right, uh, candy I guess. corn. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I will go with sneakers. Twix. Yeah, Twix is good. I also feel like, you know, when it's like a Lay's chip and it's like, okay, you have one piece of candy corn, but it's like you can't just have one of it. <laughs> you have to have – like if you have one candy corn, you have to then like have the whole like bowl of it that's just been sitting there for two weeks and it has like <laughs> <dust> on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. So, yeah. Another one, it's – um, I can't think – Kit Kat. I love Kit Kat. Kit are good too. Yeah, honestly, anything <laughs> covered in chocolate. Yes. All right, next question. Who is your traveling roommate? Ooh, I've had a lot this past year. Um, oh. Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, I have actually been rooming with McCall a lot, and she's okay. super fun. Yeah. We just hang out. I'm usually always, like, putting on a show. Um, once we get like to the hotel and like once we get settled down. So last week in North Carolina, we were watching a ton of Sex in the City. Um, cause yeah, I mean, that's one of the greatest shows ever made. <laughs> um, so we were just watching that together, but she was, she's been a great roommate. I really liked rooming with her. She's super funny. Um, and I can just learn a bunch from her. Like I've just asked her a ton about her time in the NWSL and like if she's had any advice for me. So that's yeah, she's been here a while. Yeah, exactly. But she's kind of taken me under her wing a little bit. So I don't know. I've been really grateful for her um, for in that aspect. So, All right. Next question. Uh, your favorite cheat meal? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> my favorite cheat meal. I love Mexican food, but like Tex-Mex. Um, mm-hmm. But I would go for like – a nice, like, large bowl of nachos, like, loaded nachos, jalapenos, shredded chicken, lots and lots of cheese, beans, yes. uh, salsa, like, all the good guacamole, cream cheese. Like, I, yeah, like, I'm a big nacho fan. I, I love Mexican food because one of my first jobs out of high school was in a Mexican restaurant as a waitress. Mm. So I was eating Mexican food every day yes. and I wouldn't get tired because I love Mexican food. Yeah. I think a few, I think when we were in North Carolina, I was sitting at a table and they were like, what, f- like if you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, like one food group, what yeah. would it be? And I don't know, some girls said Italian, some girls said, I don't know. But I was like Mexican mm-hmm. because then there's so much marks. Like, oh, how good <sighs> the tahini is that? What it is the spice tahini? With- oh, tahini! Yeah, you got to put that on everything. Yeah, the tahini like around the oh yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really excited to have one of those in the off season. <laughs> yes, um, there's this taco place that it's incredible. Um, but you say you like more Tex-Mex. 
Never mind. This is more like authentic. No, let me. No, I should. No, I need to do better at going to actually authentic places as well. Oh, okay. There's this place in Jersey City, I believe. Uh, it's called um, Downtown Tacos, I believe, or Midtown Tacos. I'm gonna send it to you, but it's really, really, really good. I went maybe a month ago. Okay. And no, it's a little more than a month ago. Maybe like two months ago. Ah, delicious. Their tacos are so delicious. But just make sure if they ask you if you want them spicy, say no, because the spicy is like really spicy. (laughs) Okay, good to know. Yeah, I'm always, well, I've been trying, we've, so a few of us will go around like looking at all the Mexican places around here, but there's not Mm -hmm. many. I don't know. No, not here. Yeah, is it weird in New Jersey that there's like no Mexican around? Um, Well, it's more, it's more because of Morris County. If you go to like Bergen County, uh, Passaic County, then you'll find a little more. Okay. Like down here, not really. Yeah, I was just like so surprised by that. Um, but we found a few places. We've been kind of just like trial and error, you know? Like yeah. little one, oh, we liked it. Oh, we didn't. Um, but yeah, but like there's I've one so surprised a little bit because, you know, you go on like Apple Maps and you're like, okay, Mexican. Yeah. And there's like zero places around here. Taco Bell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, there's one really good in Morristown. I know you guys are close to Morristown. Vietnam? No. Oh, okay. Orale? Have you heard about it? It's in Morristown. No, but now I'm now I'm going to go to it. It's delicious. Orale and their drinks are amazing too. Okay, good. Okay, good. All right, let's go to the next question. (laughs) All right. I already know the next spot I'm going to eat at. Perfect. (laughs) What are you nerdy about outside of soccer? Yes, this is a good one. I am a history nerd. Uh, So I have – I like to read books. Uh, Have you heard of like Sapiens? That Mm -mm. book? Um, so that's like a book, basically I like history regarding like how we ended up where we are today as mm-hmm. humans, but more so like evolution wise. Um, yeah. so I kind of read a ton of books like that. I'm currently reading, um, God, it's right there over on the table. Uh, I'm currently reading what lies my teacher told me in high school or something or taught me in high school or taught okay. me in school. And that's basically history regarding like what you didn't really learn in school. And a lot of it is about like colonization. So a lot mm-hmm. into like how a lot of the textbooks that you're given as a kid um, are from like the white point of view, um, things that you don't learn about pertaining to like Native Americans mm-hmm. Um the slavery era that type of so all of those things that are kind of like overlooked a little bit in all of our history books um so i've been reading a lot on that lately which is really i don't know if it's fun to read but it's really interesting to me i just really like to learn new things um, yeah so yeah um me too i like going to museums do you like going to museums um i not like really museums i guess i i think i get bored in them a little bit Really interactive or like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I don't think I'm the museum type. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm more visual. Maybe that's why I like them because I'm more visual. So when I go and see them, I like to like, it's kind of like history to me too, because you're coming to and look at all these like artifacts, whatever. Of course. And you can read about it as well. Like all of Mm -hmm. the and stuff. 
but it's yeah, really cool. Great, I'm really into at the moment. All right. So for our last question, tell me who is the funniest teammate? I know this. I already know who asked this question. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is Baxter. Um, she is hilarious, and she brings such a light and spark to our team. Um, and she's been such a great friend to me this year, being new on the team. Uh, she's been so welcoming. And I've hung out a ton uh, with her when we're not at the club and stuff. And she's just great. She's put a smile on everybody's face. She's always having a great time. Um, you can tell that she really just loves to play and loves to, like, meg people and do <laughs> training sometimes. But, yeah, she is someone, like, if we had, like, superlatives, like, she would be <laughs> – she would be, like, the class clown. <laughs> But in a good way, like a good, like an awesome class clown. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's great. I just saw her, her reel that she posted on Instagram. It's oh too God. funny. Yeah. She's, yeah. I don't even know, like the stuff that will pop up. I'm like, where did you even get that from? I'm <laughs> posting me eating the string cheese like a crazy person because oh, I, yeah. I just like chew it. And I'm like, where did you even get that? I don't even know where you even got that. Um. But yeah, it's great. She's hilarious. So, <laughs> all right. I guess that's why she asked. She just wanted you to say that she's no, the funniest. She just wanted validation. That's fine. <laughs> all right. And again, we went on for a long time. I think we're going to have like a part one and part two with everything we talked about. <laughs> but yeah, it was great having you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love yeah. it. It was awesome. All right. So unfortunately, we have reached the end of the interview. Ellie, you're such an amazing person. You're such a great guest. And we have so much, so much many more questions for you. But and we could talk for hours and hours and hours. But I just want to say thank you, Ellie, for taking the time for talking to us. And again, good luck this Saturday at Red Bull Arena. Again, Gotham returns to Red Bull Arena on Saturday at 6 p.m. I'm ready for this matchup against the Thorns. Mm -hmm. Are you ready, Ellie? Absolutely. Bring it up. Let's on. go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you so much for having mm -hmm. me and, yeah, for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure, and it was really fun to talk to you today. So thank you. Thank you.